0: you, number. that microphone. I'm trying to move it closer. I didn't realize it was so far away. I was trying <laughs> to educate it like, Hey, God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it. Yeah, keep it. Let's go. Let's do it. You're Colin, my best friend. What's up? Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. This is
1: a big Yo, episode. This is a Yo, Joe uh,
0: episode, baby. And you are Joshua Michael, my best friend. I appreciate that. But before we get into G.I. Joe, I don't want to talk about the... Worst slash best pay-per-view I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yesterday, it was only fourteen dollars or 15 $14.99 in the fight app. It was Gallows and Anderson doing Talking and Shop. They had this podcast before called Talking Shop before they uh, went over to WWE, and every now and then, about once a quarter. They would get just completely shit hammered obliterated with y two j Jericho, my hero and do talk and shop on 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 his podcast there was there was times where it was almost unlistenable uh, there was also times oh, where, man. there was also okay. times where they would like they 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 pulled a swerve on the cologne's dad who's like the booker in puerto Rico and mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Anderson does this voice, like these, and he's, like, this new over, uh, wrestler. I'm a luchador. And they call they call this guy up in fucking Puerto Rico because they're with the colognes. Like, Dad, Dad, I got this great new fucking wrestler. <laughs> you gotta book him. <laughs> yeah, he's right here. I'm sorry, I'm giggling too much. Um. Anyway, uh, now that they're released, they're doing Talking Shop again with Rocky Romero, but they also decided to do a In Their Backyard pay-per-view. It was the... Some of the most poor production ever, but that was the gimmick. They had so many fun things happen, and the the, uh, the main event was, um, like, the... Was it WrestleMania? They did the
1: Boneyard match. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was the... What was It was uh, the Undertaker and... AJ Styles. Uh, AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, this was the Boner Yard match. <laughs> and, oh, really?
0: They, yeah, and they took on their... Uh, their uh, personas from Southpaw and from beforehand, their their alternate personas, Sex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad, <laughs> and it was ridiculous. S- it, it was, dude. Everyone was talking about it this morning online. It was just such a, like it was it was special. Like they had a lot of great people. They had uh, Chavo Guerrero on there. Uh, swoggle was pretending to be Zach Ryder. Horn swoggle really? Yeah.
1: Oh, swoggle yeah. was
0: there. They had a. Uh, <laughs> They had a fake Ric Flair driving a, a brand new 1995 Corvette with 200,000 miles on it. It just kept getting wackier and wackier. But, guys... 95? It, huh. Yeah, it, like it, no, nothing made sense. It was just a lot of fun. And <laughs> it, 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 it was them getting their wiggles out after WWE. Just saying, a big fuck you to WWE without actually saying it. Yeah. And just having fun. But, guys... Get their wiggles out. Wow, thank you for
1: that. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, it was a, I'm just quoting
0: uh, Nacho Libre, but... Yo, Joe. I don't remember that in there,
1: man. Yeah, Nacho Libre, dang. I remember when we were looking for the Star Trek materials, we were at a warehouse called Cantera, and it was only that because it was on Cantera Boulevard in Los Angeles, and I cannot find that warehouse on Google Maps anywhere. Um, and all of the Nacho Libre stuff was stored in there. So, like, when you're watching... Um, Avengers. When you're watching the uh, the new, uh, or infin- when you're watching Endgame, and it, the rat goes across the thing and it activates the thing in the van, and Ant Man comes out, that's what it looked like. This big uh, fenced in area, and it was all Nacho Libre stuff, and there were like six or eight of those little mopeds he rode around on in there. That's and awesome. none of them were identical. And I'm like, as a props person, why wouldn't all of those things be identical? It just drove... It, as a props person now, it makes me... It's, like, maddening. But back then, I was just like, wow, why are these not identical? This is interesting. Maybe it's that was weird. the joke. It could have been, yeah. Like, if it was never the same... Dude, nobody makes jokes like that unless you're really, like, parodying something like Airplane. But... Yeah. Yeah, dude, for real. That's, yeah. That's a fun movie. A lot of people didn't like it. Hmm. Who was the lady in that? Was it Paz Vega? No, that was not Paz... Paz- that was not Paz Vega. Dude, you we just you just finished while you watched Rambo Five the other day, right? Yeah. Dude, I just worked with her. She's she's the lady character that's not Rambo's live-in, I don't know how. What was the relationship between him and the lady that lived there? That was his aunt. That was his aunt. Yeah, that was his okay. aunt. Okay, and then so it was his niece. Yeah. That and was, then when he goes down to Mexico, Paz Vega was the uh, woman, the, uh, the journalist he made friends with. Yeah. yeah. She was awesome in that movie. She's awesome in everything. I worked with her last year on this tornado movie, and she was so great to be around. I wonder. Uh, anyway, yeah. I wonder why they never did a, a GI Joe Rambo like crossover. That would have been
0: badass. They tried
1: to. They did. They did. Uh, if you go back and look at the GI Joe Order of Battle comics, there's four issues. Um, in the original Marvel line, uh, they they even have a a listing for a character called Rocky who was supposed to be a, a trainer, a G.I. Joe trainer, who was going like, you know, you're going to learn boxing and physical fitness from Rocky, and it was supposed to be Rocky Balboa. They were going to do that. And then I heard recently, reading about Rambo, that they were going to do a Rambo tie-in to G.I. Joe. Um, but it's all, you know, that kind of crossover stuff is very difficult to pull off in the 80s when there wasn't a precedent for it. Like, now Hasbro has all that stuff, and they've got their license out to... Is it IDW they're doing stuff with? Yep. Uh, you know, we had Thundercats, Superman, and that's not, you know, Hasbro, of course, but all of that weird stuff, it's, it's way more easy to pull that off now because of the collector market and because the people who saw that, you know, it's people who are our age who appreciate that, that can get, they can, they can wrap their heads around a crossover like Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters.
0: Right, like the uh, yeah. Thundercats. Thundercats. He Man. Like owned man. Like that dude. Was, that is such a good idea. The, no, yeah. that that already happened. That was badass. Yeah, that, that was badass. And the, before we get into GI Joe, if if you guys can ever find the Wildstorm comics that came out uh, post or pre before they sold out to DC, um, Thundercat line. It was it was Ed Ed McGinnis, I believe, was doing all the artwork. It was mm-hmm. fucking beautiful. It was so much care was taken into it to make sure that. New new fans alike would like it, and also make sure grizzled grew up with it. <laughs> Guys like me, we're, we're still happy at the same time. But let's let's talk about. I want to talk about uh, the GI Joe movies before we get too far into okay. into it. They they got a lot of really bad press, and I don't I don't understand it. Like, I think I think it served its purpose. It was a God. You have movies that are like period pieces. This is more of a like, when they showed the night, the, what's the, what's the airplane? Um, the Cobra. Firefox? No. Oh, the, the Night the, Raven? The Cobra Night Raven? Yeah. when mm-hmm. they, the, So many of the vehicles were actual, actual recreations of toys. Getting to see just your favorite Joes on TV and, you know, the little, the little quips they would make and, you know, the learnings half the battle, just real quick, <laughs> they would say, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was there to appease everyone. But then I hear that Channing Tatum fucking hated being in both of those movies. Um, I, I don't I don't know why, uh, because he was the main character, everyone loved him. The the suits were badass, the toys that came out were awesome. I thought the new version of Cobra Commander was done perfectly from Rex to the Doctor, who's all fucked up and talking weird, all Vader esque with the, the breathing apparatus to being full on Cobra Commander. And then in the, the second one when like they didn't have the, the rag over his head but they had that, that badass, you know, like the, the, the shell type helmet. I I, yeah, lo- yeah. I loved it. Did, how did you
1: feel about those movies? Um, I thought they were unwatchable. I I don't like honestly. You could have taken any. I've started wondering about different license movies, franchise movies like that, and I'm like, does there any is there any reason why this has to be GI Joe? Like unless you tweak a few things in the script, this just doesn't even seem like GI Joe, and that's the problem, GI Joe in the broader scope of it is more popular as a toy line than a cartoon series, and somewhere seventh or eighth is the the comic book series. And the thing about the comic books is that there is a contiguous storyline with extremely fleshed out characters with a crazy interwoven backstory that gets explored on a concurrent timeline Throughout issue after issue after issue, and the circumstances get more and more complex, leading it to be soap operatic, uh, episodic in nature, like like any good TV that we would that we love now. I mean, you go back and you watch Next Generation, and they're all open ended generally, but you know, you but they go back and they refer to things that have happened in previous seasons. The later you get in the story, this is like watching Lost, like reading GI Joe comics in the eighties. Uh, and it even tied in on their side stories, like GI Joe special missions or something like that, um, or even the GI Joe the European Action Force stuff feeds into the same thing because sometimes they were reprints and sometimes they were uh, their own stories. But like I, I'm, I that's what I'm saying is that it's impossible for me. I can't. I, I just can't get into those movies because I'm like, that's not the way Cobra Commander works. That's not the way Doctor Mindbender works. They're not the same person. Like, no, Duke, Duke was never into the Baroness. Like, the Baroness is with Destro. The closest she ever got to liking one of the Joes was actually having a moment where she and Flint were stuck together for a couple of issues, and that was while they were looking for Snake Eyes. She hated Snake Eyes, and, of course, Snake Eyes and Scarlet had a relationship. But in the cartoon, Snake Eyes and Duke kind of had a relationship. And so like what in, what do you mean they had a relationship? Like they were they were like romantically linked whether or not you ever saw anything go down or any making out or whatever in the cartoon Flint and Lady J were not exactly together but there was this uh, there was this like tension there was always this tension and it was kind of that Han Solo Leia thing going on in Empire Strikes Back. And so in the in the in the comic books, they made Flint and Lady J really kind of eventually get together, and then IDW or Image Image had the license for a while in 2000, and then IDW got it. Actually, I think it was Top Cow. It's been all over the place, um, and they actually got into a thing where Flint was went off the deep end because Lady J got killed, and and uh, like even going so far as he infiltrated. Cobra and he pretended to be a Viper and all of this stuff and uh, they made a really great like Flint as a Viper or as a Crimson Guardsman action figure from it. Blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. I'm talking about how complex this story is okay. and these, these, these flip-flops of characters. So like you grew up and you watched the cartoon. Did Correct. you ever Get more than one or two or five GI Joe comics, yes, right? I did. And I'm just but saying I did, generally. I didn't.
0: I didn't. I didn't really get into the GI Joe comic books. So, are you saying that you're uh, because you got so in depth with GI Joe that it was that with the comic book, it made it impossible to enjoy the
1: movies? That's right. Because the the movies, and I'm not trying to diss anybody here. Correct. But the the movies are developed for the lowest common denominator of how broad can we make this story to just keep the concept of G.I. Joe versus Cobra and appeal to the broadest audience possible. Whereas you get Transformers and you got Michael Bay and it's like, this is going to be fast cars, hot cars, hot trucks, hot vehicles, explosions, sexy bitches. Like, that's a Transformers movie. It's harder to do that with G.I. Joe because as soon as you get away from, like, okay, is this going to be tied into something as good as... Um, I, don't, I don't even have anything to compare it to. Like, are you going to go hardcore where this is, like, realistic? Are we going to say all of this Vietnam stuff happened in Iraq? Or are we going to say all of this... Um, uh, all of the sci-fi possibilities that came out of the cartoon are going to make it into this movie? Well, that's kind of what they did when you got undersea bases and uh, high-tech you know, super weapons and all of this craziness that should never possibly happen? Or are you going to try to make a G.I. Joe movie that's going to come off like a Tom Clancy novel, where it's plausible with very interesting characters and make it a character-driven piece and then make the bad guys as interesting as the good guys? I mean, honestly, guys, I can go on and on. We should totally long box G.I. Joe for what it was in the Marvel comics. It well, is in, it is something that can be encapsulated in the 155 issues. Uh, it'd probably take me a good hour to go over it. But like, I'll have yeah, to that's I, can, I can't I can't like those movies because a they're already they're too chintzy for me, and so I'm sorry I'm a dick about that. But what's more, it's like ah, you know, it's just the most you, it's the most watered down characters. Characters I've ever seen for those for the their the depictions of them.
0: No, and I respect your opinion hundred percent. And I'm I'm just glad I I'm just glad that I'm going to read the the full run of the comics, having watched the movies first. Because when I when I watched the movies, I immediately regenerated or uh, degenerated into a uh, <laughs> God, I want to say a four year old kid that was okay, just so stoked. To, I mean, I was I was there at the movie theater for both of them, and uh-huh. like I mean, I, I, it wasn't a thirty-something man sitting there watching the movie. It was a four-year-old. And I remember the, the the part that really popped me was when uh, Brendan Fraser did his uh, his walk-on role when uh, they're they're not they're trained. What was Brendan, Brendan Fraser? Oh, I can't remember who he was. Who? He, what is what his character's name was? But he was uncredited. And he was uncredited because the movie was directed by the guy that made the mummy movies. So everyone that was in the oh. mummy everyone that was in the mummy movies were in were in this movie. And um, it was like, okay, so Duke takes down Snake Eyes in a sparring match, and they're like, "Oh my God, no one's not uh, a chance." We've never seen Snake Eyes, you know, take a hit. And then uh, Brendan Fraser was just like. There Joe's and I just I, like my heart just like jumped out of my chest because it was me fighting Snake Eyes. Not oh. not not Duke. Like in in That's interesting.
1: Yeah, like I was that
0: engrossed in the movie.
1: Okay, well let me let me roll that into a ball for us. The idea I, I really appreciate the way you're conveying this. So like we're all sitting here thinking Spider-Man. They're making a movie of Spider-Man. Good or bad? Who do you you like better? (laughs) You're going to see this Spider-Man movie, and it works because it makes sense, and it sticks to the source material. And then you go to see Transformers, and it's just like this freaking kid, and who gives a rip, and blah, blah, blah. And then out of nowhere, it's like, we are the Transformers, we are Autobots, and I am this guy, and that is that guy, and this is Jazz, and you already know Bumblebee. And I'm like... Don't dumb this down. From if this, this is what you think the kind of people who are going to go see a Transformers movie need is this big mid movie explanation of a, like we haven't figured this out by now. Like it just it's infuriating to me. So then because it, it it's just it dumbs everything down so much. So when you get to uh, when you get to something like that and you're sitting there and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm in a GI Joe movie at all like yeah. we should we should be happy that it's even happening yeah, that's... but then to me I'm like why can't it be good <laughs> I was so excited to see Doctor Strange I could not believe I got to see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and it was awesome yeah. it was great and everyone liked it everyone and so, like, I look at a G.I. Joe movie, and I'm like, dude, there's about a thousand other ways that they could have made this, and it would have been good, it would have been interesting, and it wouldn't have made me feel stupid. And that's, that's my bitch. Like, I can't, I, I'm not into that.
0: No, well, I, I appreciate that. And, and on a higher state of consciousness...
1: I'm not saying you're stupid, by the way. No, no sorry, I
0: know. Oh, I didn't take it that way at all. This has been a nice tete-a-tete. Um... <laughs> The, on, a, on a higher level of consciousness, I think that's why they haven't been able to pull off a, a Thundercats movie, is because for real, it's
1: that's a very hard hard concept, and especially after like I can be any I be a studio exec at any place and go, uh, yeah, Cats just bombed more than anything ever. I think it made less than t- than ten thousand uh, dollars. Nobody's seeing Cats. Nobody's going to see Thundercats. Well, but, um, I
0: th- I think it's because it wasn't the most popular one. It was, like it was it was always back and forth between GI Joe and He Man back in the day before the turtles showed up, and
1: it, that's the thing. What what GI or what, okay was there a He Man movie that was any good? No, that, that Was the there a Thundercats movie crap. that was good? There's never been a Thundercats movie at all. Uh, other no, than, no, no, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like cartoon or not. Oh,
0: uh, well, the Thundercat. I think they did two Thundercat movies. The, the The first four episodes, I believe, are considered the first movie. And then okay. when when they when they find the the new revamped, um, Bengali Linkso so, so, and so, uh, when they when they find uh, the new, other dude. when they find new Thundera, I think those four or five ones are considered. Oh, movie. that's right. Um, I remember and,
1: with Hachiman and who was the big Walrus Man? They were all cool dudes in that. Yeah, Hach- that in Hachiman
0: that. was cool. I mean, like. But the thing was, I don't think it was in everyone's conscious. The way the way GI Joe, He-Man, or Ghostbusters were,
1: um, Ghostbusters obviously doing it the the, the other way around. Movie, and you know it what? Plays. I I just realized what it is that makes GI Joe, consequently, more socially uh, visible to our, to the culture. It's because it was people running around shooting at one another yeah. in war situations. During and there the were cold a lot war. of yeah well there's yes it's during the cold war and they're fighting terrorists they're not fighting a national uh, unit like they're not fighting iran they're not fighting the soviets they're not fighting china yeah. and so you know it's a faceless terrorist organization determined to rule the world well the thing being that's guns and it's people shooting at each other. And kids are going to act out on that. Because that was an era where you could go to the store and you could buy gun You're toys and You're play guns. Like, they but would like, look like actual guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't Thundercats happening on another world. It wasn't He-Man happening on another world. It wasn't uh, whatever else there was. There were so many things. It wasn't Mask even. But like, um, yeah, parents groups. And uh, PTA and, like, you know, all of the different... Uh, we got to watch out for what's going on with the kids. We're definitely going to come down on G.I. Joe, which made it a little bit more popular, I think. Well, beyond I... the fact that these were practical... This was practical War Gear accessory vehicles we're talking about. Don't, don't, and don't forget,
0: you're not saying the whole word out, the, uh, the whole title but, out the way it was back in the day. It was G.I. Joe, the real American hero. So, That's right. so if you didn't like G. I. Joe then fuck you. <laughs> you hate America. I mean,
1: Action Force, the G. I. Joe branch for Europe Europe was called uh, a real international hero.
0: Yeah. And at first I got so, a little yeah. chapped that uh it wasn't the real American hero in the movie, they made it more international. But then it it was definitely inclusive in a fun way. Like it made sense to that That's, you would you know. you'd have the, the kick ass hacker Moroccan and the the, the dude from <laughs> Africa like that was leading the assault. I mean like I just had so much fun. I mean, Cobra's base was under uh, underwater in the North Pole. Like, everything was, everything was big and grandiose, and, you know, we, we got to see the planes. We got to see the motorcycles, the ATVs. We got to see the tanks. We got to see the, the big, heavy weapons. We got to see the ninjas. I mean, Ray Park. I mean, I, I just love the man. Uh, Dude, I, I will go back and say
1: that's phenomenal casting, even if we never saw his face Ray Park is a is a is just he is a he's a, he's a national treasure.
0: He really is. Now uh, let's get into some comics. I'm going to give the list, and then we'll go into the first one and stay on the Joe Brand. All right. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. We like the way you put that. We've got Star Trek d 9 number one, uh, from Fresh from IDW, baby. Fresh from IDW. Forgot to mention that. Yeah. I'll you, get into you, that. You baby. got your new yeah. Star Trek cards. You got Love oh yeah, and yeah we'll shit. get it, we'll get to that. Uh, we got GI Joe Complete Silence uh, Empire uh-huh. number two. Bliss, number one, Daredevil number twenty one, Archie and Katie Keen, uh, four out of four, uh, Legacy seven thirteen, Doctor Afro, yeah. number two, Volume two, and Teen Titans number forty three. Um, I was com- like, let's go straight into complete silence. So uh, let me let me go ahead and pull. Yeah, this, this should be simple. T- t- tell me um, tell
1: me how you discovered this one. Okay, this is a very important thing to me because this was my this was my first introduction to GI Joe. Uh, this particular issue. This is a reprint that IDW did of GI Joe number twenty one from the Marvel line, written by Larry Hama. Uh, you give us the credits here in a minute if, if if they're in there. Yeah. So, and I think it's on the back cover. Right. Um, I here. loaned my. I gave my copy to my son today, and then I went to the store and thought I'll get another copy. They're sold out. They had like a stack of these things the other day when I was there. They're gone, and so. What, what the deal is, when I was a kid, I remember this just seeing this G.I. Joe comic floating around and wondering, I'm like, I mean, I knew everything and everywhere we went, so why, why is this comic book here that I've never seen before? And it was that my dad bought this issue for my son, for my brother, my, my little brother, um, because he couldn't read yet. And I thought, and I remember this being the only comic book we had lying around, and I kept thinking to myself, this is so weird that there's no words in this. That's not what I thought comics were. But I didn't really know what I thought because it was the first comic book I'd ever really seen. And this thing got beat up and trashed. And, of course, it has that legendary cover of Snake Eyes repelling and shooting Azuzi at the same time. And uh, years later, when I started collecting G.I. Joe comics, when I was in freaking high school, um, I went back for back issues constantly. I'd go buy ten of these at a time, and then I would read them, and then I'd have big gaps. Eventually, I got the entire run of 155 issues when I was in college. I was more obsessed with G.I. Joe in college than I had been my entire life because of this continuity. So, I went back and I got a really good copy of this issue and, of course, I have both. I have the earliest one I've ever had, bagged and boarded, it's beat to hell, and I have the good version of it. And, consequently, I need to bring this up. Some, t- some many, many years later, Todd McFarlane did a, did a cover, revamp of the cover for this issue for a reprint of it uh, that I can't find anywhere. It was like a, it was like a Comic-Con exclusive or something like that. I can't find it. And it's expensive if you do come up with it. But so the, the, it, it's amazing because this, this story is a silent issue. The only words in it are sound effects and what Destro reads on a screen. And basically, in the preceding issues, Scarlet has been captured by the first appearance of Storm, Storm Shadow, Shadow. And uh, he flies her into the, uh, the Silent, the, uh, the silent uh, Castle? Silent Castle? Silent Tower? I can't remember what it's called now. But it's, it's one gorgeous. of Destro's uh, fortresses in the Transcarpathian Mountains. And it's where Cobra happens to be operating out of right now. It's one of those typical things you saw in the cartoons, where there's a giant fortress in the mountains, there's a big cobra head sculpture at the top, and all this stuff. And of course, everything's functional. The eyes of the cobra do something, the fangs, whatever. Just in but case, like in the, just in case you, yeah.
0: you wondered whose fortress that
1: was. <laughs> yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew. Right. Um, so it's not not Namor the Submariner's Cobra Castle. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, real subtle, guys. So, the, um, so, uh, yeah, Scarlet's been captured by Storm Shadow in the preceding issue. He sticks her down in a little, uh, a little, uh, oubliette, basically. Um, and there's all these cute little things that happen. Like, you get a moment where he looks at her, like, is he gonna try? Is he in, is he in- think she's beautiful? What is he looking at? And I realized, no, because later, when the relationship between Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes comes out, He's examining her like, Who are you to my brother? But she obviously doesn't know enough about it, and she bites him in the finger, and just crap like that happens. And you're, it, it's like, Is this what you think it is, or is it something else? And then when you read all these later, you get all of this new insight into an issue where there's no written words. So, like, what they have to push the illustrator, what the illustrator has to push there is conveying everything through actions and expressions close-ups framing panels that the medium is is flexed and stretched like neo at the end of the matrix after he's defeated smith it's just the whole room has to flex to accommodate the subtlety of what's going on in this issue and um so of course, Snake Eyes. He's chartered a flight somehow, and he's well, well, parachuting on. in to save the day. You know, to let, rescue her.
0: Let, let me get this part because mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't just see Snake Eyes. I see, I see Joe, all conveyed in some room, figuring out. Okay, Scarlet. She's been. She's been. Uh, she's been kidnapped. But we need to send eight hundred yeah. guides. And then I see Duke going like, "No, we're just going to send Snake Eyes."
1: Like, dude, you don't need it. Yeah, every board. that's the most believable thing that there
0: is. We're, we're you, just going to say since Snake Eyes and and
1: Snake, you know, do what you got to do because the, that's the thing. they're they're fucked. <laughs> you, He's the commando. Yeah. He is the commando. You could storm the fortress and have this big blowout, but a, does GI Joe even know that this fort- where this fortress is? Well, yeah, they have to if Snake Eyes knows, but it's like, well, why don't they just bomb it off the face of the earth and get rid of Destro and Cobra Commander, like, a long time ago? Or do you even know that that's where they are? It's all of these weird things like that. Because when you get into the G.I. Joe comics, you start to realize that there's a group of generals in the Pentagon called the Jugglers who are pulling all the strings and saying who can do what and what they can, where they can go with how much and what they're going to spend on it and stuff. And it begs the question is Cobra in existence because they want to keep making money off of the G.I. Joe Delta Force existing. And it, they, So you, every little nuance like you, that, that you bring up, it begs that question. So, yeah, but at the same time, I appreciate it on the story level because this was when Snake Eyes was the commando. This is the beginning of him being characterized as the ninja. Yeah. Because the, the Cobra ninja, Storm Shadow is involved in this and he made his introduction just a moment before in the story so he basically goes in and you have a killer ninja fight and this is the first appearance of the red ninjas and it's fascinating because ninjas were just popping into the thing and storm shadow was one of the only ninja products you could get in like 1982 when this came out because it hadn't hit mainstream exactly but uh, I mean, dude, you j- you read this. So, I mean, how do you feel about it? What do you think?
0: Well, I knew you're, I knew I was gonna let you take point on this one, so mm-hmm. I, I was looking for any nuances that might pop into my head. So I took some notes. Um, near the end, when uh, Scarlet breaks out, she's using the same like um, paragliding uh, rocket backpack.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, to, <laughs> to, to, uh, I had that toy. To get,
0: yeah, to get the hell out of uh, out of Dodge and. Um, at the end, when you know Storm Shadow throws a sword, and then from behind uh, Snake Eyes catches it just with a, with a slap. What what stuck out to me was that would have been a move that I would have been dying to recreate when me and my friends would play GI Joe. When we had mm-hmm. our, because I had GI Joe walkie talkies, I had fake guns, uh, the, like the Uzi. You put this it makes that purr noise. Um, yeah, I would have been. Dying for to, to recreate that that scene. It was that iconic, like uh, like when Kino in uh, Turtles two when Kino is training to be a foot soldier, trying to get to be in the foot, and he get his he got he gets his foot caught. I remember like all of us as a kid thought it was the coolest move when he kicked with the other leg because you you think he's done, you know? He's he, he he he's got your leg, and he used just did that that spin, man. It was beautiful. That stuck out to me. The other thing that stuck out to me was I read it, because I've, I've got the issue as well, because they recreated it in IEW. And That's right. So, uh, just to uh, move along here, I mean, we got to go... I'm actually trying
1: to look up what some of these accessories yeah. were. <laughs> what was that
0: rocket backpack called? We've got Larry Hama, story and breakdown. Steve uh, Lealoa Loa finishes uh-huh. George Russos coloring. Denny O'Neill, editor. Jim Shooter, editor and... Jim Shooter, beautiful, beautiful man. So, now we're going into the IDW version,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's it's almost panel for panel. But I, I'm I'm wondering what was going through the minds of the writers and the artists about how how to make it special rather than just do everything the exact same way, just make it a little bit more painted, a little more stylized. So they, the, given the time that it came out, we're talking in the 2000s, what what was important to people. Was more action, so there's way more action in 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 this one, and they they try to go a little bit more in depth with uh, Snake Eyes and and uh, Scarlet, like their particular relationship. They, they mm-hmm. just they just beefed up the they just beefed up the violence, but at the same time though, I, I hope they had fun. It was a great homage. I'm not saying it was worthless. What I'm saying is that. Maybe it was one of those things where they had to... Like, when you're talking about when they made the G.I. Joe movie, how, like, how broad of a scope do we have to really go into this? Because if we... Yeah. If it the, the original one was so intricate, and it, it wasn't... Like, I barely noticed the violence. It was more of the, the tension, and... The, Precisely. It, it was more of the tension, as opposed to, this is just more fighting. It, it's still great. Like, I, I didn't hate it. But, but at the same time, though, I... I think another comic book should have been produced, unless their intention was to uh, get people to pay attention to this specific form of art.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, 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 I think that their their concept behind doing that was to pay homage to it, and it's not a reprint. It's a, uh, it's, um, it's not. It's, it's, it's. I think it's, it's just basically paid. It's, it's a redo, but it's it's not meant to fall into line into any of their consistent story or anything like that but uh yeah this is the first G.I. Joe book I've actually picked up in a number of years despite the fact that Larry Hama is back on writing it and it's mainly because instead of picking things up where they left off they kind of relaunched the entire franchise and after a fashion there were so many G.I. Joe books and titles out there I was like I can't keep up with this like it, and it had fluctuating fluctuating uh quality for a while too and the art was never consistent and i don't know yeah i mean i i i wouldn't mind going back and picking it all up but it's just like anything else I'm just fine with the amount of material that I have that's that based that everything's based off of so it was I don't fun. know it was it was fun it just mm-hmm. it, guys this isn't the first
0: silent issue that we've We've uh, reviewed, actually. I think the first one we did was a couple months ago uh, when we did... It was an X-Men issue where Jean Grey and the White Queen go into, yeah. in, like, this netherworld. And their, the way they had to communicate, like, it, it flowed really well. I, man, they were I, inside I, Professor... And they were trying to piece together
1: Charles Xavier's mind again. It, exactly. The it, Grant Morrison new X-Men.
0: Uh, I, oh, it was? It was... It was. Mm-hmm. Well, then they—I think they redid it then in in the new the new issues. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's a pretty, that's a that's a really good one because that Frank Quitely art for one thing. Agreed. And then uh, beyond the fact that it's like fun to finally see those two characters having to work together in a situation, and you know that they don't like one another, but um, and then but that was through that was that month in Marvel Comics and like. I don't know, 2001 through four. I don't remember what year that book came out. Where they did a, a, a enough Said" silent issue for like so many different issues. There was a Spider-Man one in the uh, Straczynski run and uh, several others for that matter. What do you want to do next, man? Empire. Yeah, do Empire. Empire. There you go. Empire number two. Number two. Lead us off, brother. Uh, what did I get, I got, I got the variant cover with Captain America look like he's exploding uh, but uh, yeah, this is Avengers Fantastic Four Empire number two uh, where are the credits here this is Al Ewing and Dan Slott and the story, the script Al Ewing um, artist Valero Shetty I hope I'm not screwing that up color artist uh, Marte Garcia letterer VCs Joe Caramagna and then multiple covers if you're into that kind of thing Gosh, that's a ton of Michael... There's a Michael Michael Cho cover with somebody else, but, uh, yeah, I don't really...
0: I really hate all of the extra... extra Extraness to the extra variants. It's just a pain in the ass, like... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like like each new variant is trying to discredit the other guys.
1: Kinda. Uh, I mean, we're in the midst of this business in the Empire storyline. There's a lot of little things that I don't know... That's going on with this because hopefully some of these ancillary titles like Empire, Hulkling, and Captain America are going to lead us somewhere or maybe not. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So, you know, it starts off where the last one le- starts, where the last one left off. And honestly, I'm not entirely sure that the art is consistent with the first issue um, because uh, it, Koi, it, the villain, I feel like Koi looks completely different here. Um, well, he, he's well. Uh, they beefed up his, his outfit
0: at the end of the uh, last one when the plants took over and his evil plan had come to
1: fruition. I guess so. I mean, I gotta say, I really do like the panels. The layout is really cool. Some of these panels have, like, you know, this is, ha- like, one thing is happening between tree branches and something's happening between other tree branches. That's kind of clever uh, it, that kind of stuff really goes somewhere in this story, especially, but I mean, I really do think it's pretty fascinating to destroy a gigantic fleet that was coming to Earth to, or the moon to wreck something by using your plant magic to grow the microscopic seeds inside all of them and like blow up all these ships and then rip people inside out, all the Kree and Skrull of it. Like how are you gonna how are you gonna deal with that? You know, how is anyone gonna deal with that? That's such a such a like out of nowhere concept. That comes so far out of left field. But um, at the same time you still got Koi trying to uh, lure the Avengers into just like, hey guys, sit this out or we kill you. That's it, sit this out. Just sit this out or we kill you. And then Thor, like Thor has been doing lately, saving the day with Mjolnir in a fascinating way. Um, and it's at this point, it's like, how is this still getting me? Every freaking time he does this, I'm like, yes, it's Thor, coming back with the same gimmick over and over again. And I'm like, this is awesome. It works. And he's still wearing his kick-ass uh, Thor um, Devourer Herald costume. I like that, because... Thank you. I appreciate that, like Continue franchise cons- consistency. Um, I'm I'm
0: digging the fact that Mjolnir is turning into a sonic screwdriver, which might be a uh, <laughs> yeah you know, uh, a little bit lost on you. That like the, the idea of the sonic, no, I'm aware the, the the idea of the sonic screwdriver. Not not obviously you do know um, is that it's 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 a misnomer. It's not really a screwdriver. It's it's a mythical key. And mm-hmm. if, if you think of something like it, it's it's one of those ideas that you really have to think about yep
1: it's it's the same thing yeah like, i'm pointing like, out the uh like the way that uh,
0: the way that uh doug ramsey um uh, cypher <coughs> uh-huh Yep. like the, the fact that you you hear that his mutant power is to understand any ability what's uh, any language whatsoever uh you're like that's stupid why would, he, why would that, how could that ever, like, if he can communicate with a computer, if he can communicate with a plant, the way he's communicating with Krokoa, the way that a sonic screwdriver, like, you just have to figure out a way to, like, imagine it to be the, the key to whatever door that you're trying to get through, whether an actual door or some sort of uh, metaphorical problem. Mjolnir's getting there. I, I, I dig it.
1: Yeah, I got to say that the, the way, I'm hoping, okay, so you and I both read this, and we're mentioning that. I dig that. I like it when these power items of the universe are, are, they have hidden additional elements that haven't yet been discovered by its wielder or something. I like that. I don't want to go in and suddenly everything's so overpowered you can't do anything with it. Like Mjolnir should always be Mjolnir. I was always going to get pissed if the MCU decided that Mjolnir was one of the infinity stones. Like that's, it, just, it bothers me when everything always falls back into that same world. Uh, but I really appreciate in this one hold on before that we'll... Hulk... What?
0: Oh, no, no. Because uh, I wanted to talk about the political... I like the political aspect of it. That Hulk okay. is a figurehead. And to for people to really wrap your mind around what a figurehead is, especially politically. Like, mm-hmm. he's re- like yeah, he can hold the sword, but does he have any sort of gravitas to something that he was just given? So I think that's going eventually going to be... He's going to be one of the main heroes of the event. Hopefully they don't kill him off when you know just reuniting the kree and the squirrels and then also to man i popped hard when they 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 uh gave her captain captain marvel yes
1: that i did too and i I'm, I'm sick of captain marvel i don't like the movie i appreciate her appearances in a lot of the books but i don't want her overutilized because I, if I, I appreciate it when she's utilized because she's an interesting character I don't like it when it's just like, well, we just got to stick a woman on this team. Like, she should be that badass. She should be as badass as she is. Now, we can do something completely different with her character. Something that we've never done before, and it's even said so in this book. So, if 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 the one thing that we can take from this entire run is to make Captain Marvel a more compelling character... I'm totally behind it And I'm willing to put in the money To keep reading this
0: Agree and, and, But to, to just rewind real quick It's not that we have a problem With a woman being uh, You know not at, being, not at all Being at the forefront it, it's, it's the problem with are they, are they doing it Just because they feel They have to do it But if, if that's Right the, If that's the case Make it even more just, badass Which they just
1: did. They really did. They made her way more badass by making her essentially one of the Kree accusers. She's an accuser. And, like, through through being able to use Hulkling's weird magic sword to eliminate whatever it was that was within her. I like his sword. I like the idea that he's just going to be cutting through people, like, saving their lives and eliminating the plant virus or whatever. Um, The space sword. I love that he uses it on her, and it fritzes her out and like reforms her to be able to make Ronan the Accusers' uh, ultimate weapon. The to sing the way it's supposed to, like they're in sync, and so it is. It like she can do anything with that weapon. Like putting that in her hands, that's like yes, new action figure, new hero, click, new costume, let's, new everything. Let's like do it. now you've done something that says let's you don't have to go buy this just because it is. You should get it because this is the new iteration of that. That's a whole new toy for like everybody to get. There's a whole new dumb Funko Pop because it's the one that comes with the with the ultimate uh, the ultimate hammer, and let, it's like let me read the line. I love it. Let me read the line. Oh please do, yeah. This
0: universal weapon once belonged to Ronan, the legendary accuser, one of the Dude, Imperium's greatest heroes, who loved the Kree above all. And that's something you really got to think about because he's he comes off as a bad guy. It's one of those things where, like, you know, you, it's up bad and down. Guys, Sometimes he's not. Yeah, but even then, like, they they always think they're doing the right thing. And she says, mm-hmm. exactly, yes. But I cannot make it sing as he did. Perhaps another can. One of the and then it's handed to it's handed to, to Carol and then her, her mm-hmm. costume changes to the you know, the, the accuser colors. Yeah. Uh, like, like at the beginning of the movie. And, and I had to watch the movie three times until I figured out why it was good.
1: I, I've only seen it the one time. I might rewatch it a few times. I'm totally willing to soften my heart to it. I'm just disgusted, unfortunately, I just thought it would have been perfect for Jude Law to play Marvel. And you know, obviously, die in the movie, passing the torch to Carol. I thought that would have been good. It's not what they did. They they didn't. And then I, I really, I'm still like I say, it was. This is my complaint. Like I'm watching Captain Marvel, like on screen, and i and in the end of it, I was like, no, this wasn't good. This wasn't what I wanted. It was forcing. It was it was pushing people into a corner. To accept something, it's not not how I appreciate. It. It's just not how I wanted things. It, but it,
0: especially, especially because it was in between uh, Endgame. Like that's like, true like, too. Like, yeah. they're, they're like, okay, so obviously she's gonna be the one to save the day. Like, give us some, give us some anticipation here. Like a, a surprise. Like, yeah. But even then, it, I mean, it the me turnaround a good, for me
1: is if they could have pulled off a, a really great inhuman story with Ronan as the bad guy there too. And then Ronan end up, like, being subject to the Inhumans like he was in War of the Kings. That's a great story where you don't have Ronan as the bad guy. Because Ronan can be a good guy. He's just, I am for the Kree, period. Now, I don't even know how he's dead right now. I don't know how he died most recently. Well, well,
0: in the comics or in the movie? In the comics. And the, the, the actor who played him in the movie was... God, Lee Pace from he,
1: Chickasha, Oklahoma. He was Shakespearean in his role. Yes, as, Lee Pace. Like who was he? Was also Legolas' dad in the Hobbit? Yeah, memes.
0: yeah, he was. I sent you that meme where it's like, "Don't ever trust the fucking yeah. elf." <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> yeah, yep. it, was, it was. It was all of them. But yeah, but uh, guys, uh, I think, and of course, the was it was it this one or three? When did I text you about why uh, I was justified in the last issue we recorded? I said. Why is it spelled We are, weird? we did,
1: we've done 1 and 2 now. I haven't read 3 yet, Why, but I've got th- it.
0: Then it's in 3. So in 3, okay. it, it 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 you, you we'll, we'll we'll do that next week. You find out what it's yeah. It's not empire. It's empire as in like what we mentioned. Oh, there's lots of fire and stuff. As in uh, a a peer, like yeah. burning effigies, that sort of thing. Think of it like
1: that. Not not a Pyrrhic victory, presumably? Part of that as well. You will see. You'll yeah. see. But uh, what do you No, I mean I just I'm I'm really I didn't. I, I I started this book out and I was like, "What is this already inconsistent?" I don't get it. And then and then the Thor thing happened, and I was like, "You Thor, always getting me like that." And then and then it got to the thing with Carol, and I was like, "Dude, that's boss!" Like, I didn't like this. Now I like it. Now I want to see Carol be the protagonist of this story, doing awesome Kree stuff. And I like that Kalert, the Super scroll, is involved, even though he was dead years ago, which. is Killing people and bringing them back all the time. Like, ah, what are you going to do? Right? Tell me something. What do you got? Bliss, number one, by Image Comics. Mm-hmm. Story
0: by Sean Lewis and art by Caitlin Yarsky. This comic book knocked my goddamn socks off. This <laughs> this is something absolutely special. I, I, I cannot fathom a comic that is so perfect for what's going on right now in terms of personifying evil. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we find ourselves where a young son is having to testify on behalf of his father who is uh, being tried as one of the worst serial mass killers ever. And so you, you get the impression of, what is he, a Dahmer? Like, you know, did he have girls locked up in his house? No. Uh, it It's it's not about the the, the guy testifying. It's, it's about his dad. And we, we go through and... The, the, the city they're in is called Feral Town Which I really like Because I like when they name things a specific way Like in um, Fell by Warren Ellis Who yeah. unfortunately got me too uh, Or uh, Really? Yeah uh, Apparently he's they, they were saying something about it. He keeps girls um, Anyway Wait, Warren Ellis?
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay let's talk about that later Wow <laughs> Yeah yeah, that Let's was, talk about that, that ourselves little, that before
0: was, we uh, talk a, about that with the world. That was a little disappointing to read. Um, but we're saying uh, the, the evil. Bankers who sell subprime loans and take bailout money. Lonely men who buy arsenals of weapons to shoot up daycares. Nursing homes that let our loved ones die in squalor, then keep it quiet so they can keep on collecting checks. And during this, we see the dad having jumped off of a, a cliff into some some sort of mythical water. And it flashes back when the, the guy that's testifying is like, you got to know how my dad, why it happened. Uh, shotgun wedding, disowned by the family uh, because he got his you know, girlfriend pregnant. He is a, a sickly sh- a child in, in the hospital. We're talking about one of those environments where like he, the dad is bringing groceries to the hospital, and he gets mugged and beats a guy to death just for the orange, that he would specifically bought for his son because oranges were his favorite. They've got a large bill, and he decides, you know what? I'm going to go down to the the worst part of the city and try to find some work. And he's immediately found by these odd alien mutant-looking things that are in a, in a bathhouse. And they're like, yeah, um, we saw what you did. we like, it's good work, and we're going to give you all this money, and we need you to kill a lot of people for us. And saying it like that kind of absolutely disqualifies the story it sounds so stupid but yeah it's it's a little cheap it's 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 not like that at all like it's because the artwork has that rob gilroy quality from chew where it's so special this is a very specific stylized uh art art form like this guy really is or this this gal actually really knocked it out of the goddamn park and it's just personifying more evil like in the town all these people are killing people but they don't remember doing it or it was because for some stupid reason but then they there's something they're missing and these mutant guys are like listen if your, your conscience is a problem don't worry we'll give you bliss and bliss will make you forget the last couple of hours so you go do what you gotta do and we'll give you this drug and you'll forget about it so your conscience will be clear and he he takes huh. he, he takes the gig he takes that's the, an interesting superpower he takes the gig and it's it's not so abstract, but there's a lot of poetry in it, especially the last pages. I'm going to read the last page. It's not going to ruin anything for you guys. He's pulling his dad out of the water, that weird water. I think he dove into, like, you know, the pool of bliss. What do I tell them, Dad? <laughs> that the God of Oblivion is coming, and you're the only one who can stop her? They won't forgive you, and they shouldn't, but they have to listen for all of us. And the, the way it just stops you in your tracks, and I had to reread it four or five times. Until I got got what was going on, and the fact that I wanted to reread it, not like where I read it and I was like, "What the fuck does that mean? That's stupid," and then you stop. But then you're like, "No, there's something. Like, you, there's there's so much art going on that you stop. You reread it. I still don't get it. it, it it's it, it, it's it'll it, it'll get you, as opposed to where it, <laughs> where, it, where it becomes like one of those things like, okay, where do I have to read now? Um, you know." Common problems when uh, newfound uh, comic creators are, you know, getting their their footsteps in. But no, this one, God, <laughs> getting their
1: steps in. Yeah,
0: this was good. Mm. Uh, my favorite one, my favorite comic of the well, my favorite new comic. I, it's one of those things where so many good things came out this week. Uh, let's
1: let's save Daredevil. For you. know. Yeah, yeah. Gonna save Daredevil. Okay. But let's save Daredevil. Give me some. Uh, give me some deep space nine, baby. Yeah, so this was pretty amazing. Uh, this is a new IDW book. It's uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Too Long a Sacrifice is the name of the story. Uh, I, I got the photo cover. It's got Odo on it, if you're familiar with that with the character, everybody. Odo was the shape-changing constable-slash-law-enforcement character on the series, if you never happened to watch it. Uh, this is written by Scott and David Tipton. Artist Greg Scott. Very, uh... Very, very interesting. I, I, I gotta say, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Colorist, Felipe uh, Sobrero. So, I'm sorry, Sobriero. Unless it's Felipe Sobriero. Letterer: Neil Utake and uh, Chase Martos as the editor. Uh, there are definitely multiple uh, covers if you're into that kind of thing. Um, I'm, the first panel is a little interesting to me already because it depicts the promenade of Deep Space Nine as really busy. Which I kind of appreciate. Check that out. Like, I like that because you don't usually see it that busy on the show. There were always a lot of background wandering around. And the show had a huge budget for alien makeup. Because you get on the Enterprise and it's maybe there's two or three aliens. But, like, Deep Space Nine would have been filled with them all the time. And there's even a guy that's like a bird that has feathers and a beak. And I'm like, dude, thank you. We never see that in Star Trek. Um, but uh, the, the first character you see is Dr. Bashir. And then he's met by Garak. Dr. Bashir is, of course, the genius, uh, genetically engineered doctor. We find that out late in the series. He's genetically engineered like Khan. Uh, And then Garak, who is the Cardassian expatriate uh, to the station. He's the tailor, but he's a former spy. Nobody trusts him, but everybody has to utilize him sometime or another fascinating character portrayed by andy robinson from hellraiser etc
0: one of my favorites i had a conversation about him with one of my customers the other day like uh, i have mm-hmm. i have to ask if they have any valuables that they want to put on a separate schedule for their home insurance mm-hmm. and like i don't really have anything really valuable but some collectibles i got. Well, what do you got and he's like, ah, just a lot of star trek stuff and i'm like uh tell me some more <laughs> <laughs> um, he was like, "Well, I've got a, I've got a lot of the model ships and uh, mm-hmm. statues of them." And I was like, well, "He told me a few." And He's like, "But my my cherished one is the exact replica of the stargazer that Picard had in the meeting room." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, right." Oh, you like Star Trek? And I Pretty was big. like, "Yeah, no, it's not. You, 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 I don't just like Star Trek."
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's the way I feel. So yeah, like this bomb goes off, and everybody's like, well, okay, so why is there a bomb going off on the station in the middle of the Dominion War? And is this terrorism? Is it the Dominion? Is it what the heck, you know? Or is it something else? Is it just a petty thing? Is it a petty dispute? Well, Odo has to investigate. And every character shows up in this. I really appreciate this. And everybody gets to do what they do. The captain shows up and lays out, this is why we've got to figure this out, this is what we've got to do. The uh, O'Brien shows up and he's like, Yeah, I can work, you know, 15 shifts to get this figured out. The same type of stuff he's always doing. uh, This is before, uh, well, this is uh, Jadzia Dax. Jadzia's there doing, doing, you know, like the the feels and stuff like that. And Dr. Bashir is, I gotta work double duty and make sure these people survive. But then there's these crazy moments. Look at this, like, that expression. That's awesome. the, The lady whose place got blown up just losing her mind about stuff and blaming quark oh, the ferengi uh casino bartender on the station like for the whole thing and um yeah it's these really expressive moments i think the odd thing in in here is that dr Bashir is doing some kind of autopsy with what looks like a pack lead and i'm like dude we never ever saw a pack lead in the infirmary let alone helping Doctor Bashir do anything, so that was kind of an odd thing. But um, they're pulling shrapnel out of dead bodies and trying to figure out, like, oh yeah, no, this is this is on purpose. This is this is a thing that was designed to kill. So, and then Worf showing up to uh, give Odo a hard time because some Nossikans are coming up. You remember the guys that stabbed Picard through the heart, right?
0: Yeah, those guys. I okay, know. so these
1: guys, some of their countrymen were killed in this bomb, and they're like. You know the Nausikens are going to show up and there's going to be a problem, and they're very ill-tempered, and Odo's like, what, like Klingons? (laughs) It's just a good moment. Like, the characters are all really spelled out, exactly like you want them to be. Their personalities are totally appropriate. The covers are It's almost like, despite the fact that every color depicts Odo, this feels like an episode where every character is going to get to do something, and that's kind of odd. I even really, really love quarks, uh, Im- quark here in that that one image. It's the last panel of the storyline, and um, it's just I don't know. Yeah, like this is a, this is really nice. Like it's really glossy paper. It's really good colors. The art is very particular uh, de- to the style of what Deep Space Nine demands because Deep Space Nine is a different thing. When you're watching anything on the Enterprise, it's brightly lit. It's colorful there are particular hues, but Deep Space Nine is not brightly lit. It's the ceilings are a lot higher. What's the light source, you know? It's a Cardassian station that's been repurposed by the Federation and the Bajorans, and it's not been made into, like, a Federation station. So the total production design is absolutely different, and this comic really got that figured out. Uh, It goes, it it, it does a lot. I, I gotta say, like, if, you, if you're missing some Deep Space Nine and you need some, this is a great place to go check some out. Dude. Which, look, which, I'm at, now, I'm... Huh, you looking I'm, at the covers? I'm looking at the covers,
0: man. I, I'm still just blown away that IDW always delivers. The oh, cons- they crack this, it. They are good. The consistency, and it's not even, a like, it, like to the point where it's not even like, ooh, I'm going to buy a Ninja Turtle comic book be, or, a turtle, or, or, or a Ghostbuster comic book. Or deep space nine common but because it's nostalgic and I want to be nostalgic. No, you're buying this because this is canon. This is this is the shit right here. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna jump in real quick and talk very very briefly on another Star Trek item that has been uh, blowing up the Facebook Star Trek groups recently. I'm attached. I've talked about the Star Trek customizable card game a lot. Uh, The decipher one, um, decipher Inc. That went. uh, I think I don't think it ever really went out of business, but they got. There was a big embezzlement problem. It was a family company. It really hurt those people. And they're trying to come back with like a uh, a dinner mystery board game right now. But um, so, yeah, like the Deep Space Nine card sets for that. You had Next Generation, Original Series, uh, Voyager, DS9, Enterprise, feature films, all of this stuff so that you could have every conceivable character, every conceivable ship playing in any timeline and all of this stuff it's a really good game and then they did the Mirror Universe stuff well I don't know if all of our listeners are familiar with the Ollie's discount stores but last week early last week I started seeing on my Facebook group for the CCG people posting that uh, unopened original shrink wrapped Decipher Mirror Mirror expansion boxes were showing up in like 6 and 8 and 12 deep at these Ollie's discount stores. And everyone sat up and took notice because they were selling them for like $7.99. And then all of the people in Europe who are part of these collector's groups lost their mind. They're like, you're buying all of them? Like, please, how can we like, send some of those to Europe? Please. Yeah. Well, the excitement here is that the ultra rare in the set was the first officer Spock from the original series, Mirror Universe episode, Mirror, Mirror, that the, uh, seri- that the expansion was named after. And um, I never had one. I still don't have one. That's been, like, consistently a $30 card on eBay for, like, 20 years. And these boxes haven't been on store shelves in, in at least a decade, longer even, because this, this, this is packaged in 2000. the year 2000 that was 20 years ago for those of you who haven't been keeping up exactly so uh i went to my ollies which is just a mile down the road like every day for the last week and a half that i wasn't out of town for work checking to see if these things were showing up and i finally found two boxes yesterday And I'm I'm elated, like the opportunity to rip through one of these boxes. It's not like you couldn't get online and find these boxes going for like twenty five bucks, but to buy them for seven eight dollars, you need to and to get up get multiples. You you need to
0: make friends with the guy that's the stalker.
1: Yeah, I I I agree because the thing is, I went in and I visited with a girl that was looking at the shelving one day, and I was like, "What's up with this thing? You guys have these." And I don't think that she ever even gave a rip about it, but she, when I, she saw me holding these two boxes yesterday, I was waiting for the manager or the stalker to come out and be like, you guys got any more of this stuff? And she was like, no, I know that we don't because this, that, and the other. And I bought one for my stepdad, and I bought one for my boyfriend, who probably doesn't even care. Oh, I've got Jesus. a couple and I've never even opened it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're killing me. You kill- You don't know anything about this game. You're not going to figure it out from this. I'm going to come in here and buy discount Dove Men's Care Soap in, like, next weekend, and you're going to be... I I opened all of those boxes, and I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. And can you tell me? And I'm going to be like, no, because you just blew it. If you want to sell that stuff to me, I will take it and do something with it.
0: All right, guys, we're back. I want to breeze through a couple real quick, not to discredit them, but it's one of those, uh, the Joshua Michael five-minute thing where, like, we talk about (laughs) that. Where was I? Where am I looking? Where am I looking? Doc Afra, (laughs) Number two Writer Alyssa Wong Artist uh, Marika Cresta Color artist Rochelle Rosenberg Letters VC Joe Caramanga We gotta get him on our show Cover Valentina Reminar Okay so I'm not gonna tell you what happens in this book What I am gonna tell you is Is that everyone online Is shitting on this book I don't think they actually read the book like, I've had a lot of friends that are diehard Star Wars fans that dipped their toe in it and said, no, fuck it, I hate it. But they didn't really get too much into it. Doc, Doc Gaffer is a very, very complex character. Her relationships with people, are, it's always on edge. There's, there's always that back, that backhand, you know, she's going to betray you in some way. Like, don't trust her. The way, having that in mind will help you enjoy the story a lot more than just writing it off that i don't like this random character that doesn't exist in actual canon uh she's gonna exist in actual canon and then all you assholes are gonna start scrambling to fucking find all these early issues to get your number one and your first appearance and then it's okay now that it's justified that she's on the fucking silver screen give it a chance this is issue two you have time to go get issue one uh, don't forget that there was a, a long story run that just ended a couple months ago, right before COVID. That I was so bummed when it ended. Like, but give it a chance.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with Doctor Afra. I like the character. I just want to make sure that the story is good. Uh, is that? I mean, do you feel like this story is good? Who? Was, I don't remember what it was. Like, somebody came down on it the early story. when it came out, and then, it, then COVID hit, and we like, were sitting the around waiting great for the next thing for a long time.
0: It's it's just one of those things that, man. Some people, just you, you got to give it a chance. That right now we're investigating... like th- this is she's basically Indiana Jones in Star Wars. She's she's an archaeologist. That's such a legit premise. She, she's an archaeologist. Yeah. She she's a she's a uh, uncredited one. She's not really a doctor, but what she does definitely has some gravitas. Give it a chance. Mm-hmm. We're talking. We're talking good Star Wars stories here, and if if you, especially, it's gonna piss me off if you're a huge Kylo Ren fan and can't give Doc Doc out for a chance. It it just doesn't. I, make I don't sense get it. Me. I mean,
1: Kylo Kylo Ren. <sighs> I know. I, I I still I still get it. I still get like how bad how bad the new Star Wars movie was, and yet I feel like they finally stuck it with that character. He stuck his landing. I wish you didn't die. F off on spoilers. Yeah. You've had plenty of time. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd much rather see... Uh, forget it. I don't know. It's the whole... I'm wearing an Empire Strikes Back shirt today. Right. The, and I've got my... And, and now, yeah, I saw you had yours. I was like, yeah. So yeah. I'm burning a hole in myself for having Star Trek and Star Wars on the same, on the same chest, I guess. Anyway, yeah. Right. Doc so. Afra is good stuff. I like Doc Afra. I just haven't been reading this new book. Teen Titans, number 43. Ooh, yeah. Teen Titans always delivers,
0: and the the point of this storyline is that we're going through a dark rabbit hole in this one, because we're talking about murdered bad guys and the Teen Titans who are they're trying to investigate who the hell's killing all these bad guys, and why, and they find clues that are specifically placed for them to figure out who it is, and it ends up being Robin, D- Damian Wayne. Damien is going rogue. Okay. Damien's going rogue. He's he's decided, and that's the thing about Damien is that when he gets something in his in his in his mind, he doesn't let it go. Batman is on his trail now. Because he realized that Damien is a murderer now, and but Damien is justifying it that the criminals in Gotham are lacking one thing consequence for their actions. And he's out right. to make examples out of people. Uh it ends with this issue ends with him butchering a guy I and mean, he, he just cuts his hand right off and I assume he's about to do some more before the Teen Titans stop him. It's 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 about it's it's one of my favorite things like from Harry Potter when uh, Neville Longbottom got those extra points to help win uh, the cup at the end was because it's 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 difficult to stand up to your enemies, but it is even more difficult to stand up to your friends. And, yeah, dude. And that is what's happening now is the Teen Titans who are leaderless trying to do this i mean like they damien is pissing off all the wrong people and the thing about teen titans they need central leadership they absolutely have to have it they they all have powers that could f all of them up if they tried but they still need a leader and it's interesting that they pick that they're rallied behind damien wayne uh if you if you're not familiar with him uh son of uh talia al ghul with bruce wayne yeah raised as a ninja, raised as a murderer until Bruce got his hands on him and snaf- snapped him into place but he's his gimmick is that he goes rogue sometimes I remember when Grant Morrison was writing with Frank Quietly, uh, Batman and Robin uh, right after uh, Batman R.I.P and Batman, oh, yeah. Batman, who is Dick Grayson at the <coughs> time was with Commissioner Gordon and he's like, wait a minute who's watching the Joker? Who, who is in custody yeah. and they're like he's like Robin's watching we gotta go and we're talking one of those like quick spin the Batmobile we gotta go we gotta go now <laughs> and and then drift cut, the Batmobile yeah, over there and, right and now and then cut to a scene where Damien is just brutalizing the Joker <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, it's it's you you gotta get a grasp on who Damien is in, tor- in order to enjoy this to it's full potential you don't have to know all the history of the Teen Titans and why Kid Flash is Awesome, or Lobo's Daughter. It, it's, it, it's, as long as you know that little bit, you can drop into this right now and have some fun. So, we're talking Robbie Thompson,
1: writer. I could totally He's get behind some Teen Titans. Agreed. The totally. cartoons are great. Dude, uh, Jesus, yeah, my, yeah. Me and, uh, my boy and I have always read those books, or uh, watched those car- cartoons.
0: Jesus Marino, penciler, Julio Ferreria, inker, Marcelo Mayolo, Mael, Ma- colorist, Rob Lai. <laughs> Letter Bernard Chang and Marcelo Maiolo cover. Bully to you guys! Just keep kicking ass.
1: I like that. Bully to
0: you. Nice. <clears throat> Let's talk <clears> on <throat> Archie, baby. Before we get.
1: Oh my gosh, this was so fun! I had been so long since I'd read any Archie. It was kind of hard for me to remember whether or not I'd read three or four most recently. Um, yeah, so this is Archie. What you got to remember, and I've said this before, folks. Look, look at that. Luscious, luscious cover. That is a. Luscious what you got to remember, people, is that Archie is running its legacy numbers, and then they're they're doing little four part storylines with other Archie characters, so that you have a jumping off point. And you know, you're not going to get like your head underwater in this huge continuity. But you'll wonder, like, why is Archie going out with uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or something? I mean, you can just go back a little ways, and it's there. Um, so this is 4 of 4 with the uh, Archie and Katie Keene and it's freaking cute and it's luscious and the art, when you look at the cover on this issue you're like that's beautiful I hope it looks that good inside, well it did because Laura Braga did the same, the same art inside as she did on the outside, so the stories by Mariko Tamaki and Kevin Panetta lettering by Jack Morelli um, uh, colors by Matt Herms, oh my gosh beautiful work The the the, like, rosy cheeks, glints in the eye, gradients of color all over the place, clothing texture. When you're doing an entire uh, storyline about about a young lady and her fashion and storyline or and clothing lines, like being able to just feel what these characters are wearing and like imagine like reaching out and messing with their hair. You get the sense of it because the coloring and and then the penciling does so much for this. This is a tactile issue. Um, Basically, the whole business that's been going on is that Katie Keene came to Riverdale uh, with her sister named Sis. That's really her name. And she got really popular really fast with the girls because of her clothing line that people had been following from when she was in L.A., And, uh, Archie was at the same time trying to drop his new single. And he's a teenager. He gets upset because he wants to crush it and nobody really cares because everybody's blowing out about Katie Keene. And, uh, so there's these, it's interesting because it's realistically childish and petty, but nothing that can't get fixed with a little growing up because they're teenagers and I, the more I read this, this particular storyline, I'm just like, dude, this so makes sense. And uh, Except that they get to go off on these wild trips to New York and stuff. So in issue three, they were all in New York, and they were all going to go mess around because, of course, Veronica's paying for it, and she's setting up this thing because she's a busybody with uh, with Katie meeting this guy. Well, the guy turns out to be Katie's ex-boyfriend, and he's missing her and he wants to help out but he hasn't revealed this to anybody of course Archie is you know oh I'm nonplussed because my thing didn't hit and everybody's paying attention. It. it's just he's still moping and it's funny because they even make fun of that in here at a certain point they're like he's really lucky he's cute because you know he's kind of a weirdo <laughs> it's like it's funny that they get that line that like they're self, uh, self-aware enough to do that but at the end of the last issue, Katie had, like, got up and fled the scene and was like, I'm going home. I'm getting away from this. Everybody's trying to use me, and I won't be able to stay creative. And they just, they just want they want me in their stuff, or they want a picture of me to help promote their stuff. They don't want to promote, promote me. They want to promote my stuff, but they don't want to promote me. And it's like, that's a very adult concept. But she has the experience of having put up with this in L.A., and I'm like, most kids don't have this kind of thing, but then she goes to some store, which seems like it was a uh, Boulevard Trash in Saint Marks, but because uh, it's a punky, she's got a little bit of a punky self-styled DIY 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 thing going on, and do yourself in. So yeah, they do it yourself DIY, basically somebody who liked her style who's already established and isn't somebody who was put upon to help out somebody with no real agenda is like katie i like your stuff and i want to help you out so just stick with me and we'll we'll make this work and it's one of those older ladies who's been where she is and it's like i know your friends are worried for you and stuff it, it by the end of this thing it was so good natured that and everybody came to the table and was like all of my hang-ups, I'm going to put them out on the table. We're going to figure this out. I don't want to have the hang-ups anymore. And it was just like these people were all best friends again by the end of this. And I'm like, that should be as much as it ever is for a group of friends. You have a flare-up of a problem. You figure it out. You don't let things linger for years, making somebody want to skip town. It's just beautiful, too. I'm not kidding. I mean, I. everybody is individually different-looking this it's just this is cl- incredible artwork it's cartoonish it's comic book artwork that knows what it is and has the audacity to be a little bit better than that even a lot better in some places the expressions like people have like shiny red noses because it's cold it's just unbelievably cute I'm not going to quit reading Archie related stuff but I still haven't watched season 3 of Riverdale but uh two, two yeah, man, what's next two things yeah. two things this is you
0: would never think that someone like your I, we're big we're tough looking we kick ass (laughs) would would be into romance comics this is why comics are good this this is how like i feel more well-rounded reading archie with you because it satisfies a specific part of my personality Mm -hmm. i love romance i love i love fashion I, uh, even though I dress like a space monkey all the time I love fashion <laughs> um, I love the little nuances that, that you're telling me and, and the second thing is that the way you critiqued it reminded me of the complete opposite of an art critique in art school when like you it's not really like you don't have tests in art school like you have here's your finished product you read, yeah. your, you read your bullshit this is what is it, it cat means stones? Yeah, something like that, and and uh-huh. then everyone tells you what they think of it, and it's always bullshit. It's always bullshit. But your your breakdown of Archie was beautiful. I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't read this issue yet, but I can't wait. <laughs> like, of course, I, I I'm gonna I be lo- s- I'm gonna be looking for textures. I'm gonna be looking for emotions. I'm gonna be looking for DIY. I'm gonna be looking for uh, uh, D whatever
1: it is DYI? I, I, <laughs> do it your, I, I keep, I keep do yourself in <laughs> I, keep, I keep messing it up but even then I, like uh,
0: like it's gonna inspire me to find like what what can I do to like make something look cooler that I wear not not for anyone else other than myself that that sort of thing like
1: yeah I like I like the idea that uh, I think that most young ladies that in college age women who have any ounce of creativity will you know, if you're not going to sit there and sew stuff together, you're going to match things up. It's all, you know, you can accessorize anything. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, even me, when I, you know, it, you can, you, if it's this freaking hot outside, I'm just, I'm like, okay, well, do I match? And I get crap sometimes. Like, Colin, you're wearing, like, four different shades of blue. So what? I like it. I don't care what anybody else likes, you know. And then you get picked on sometimes. Somebody eventually calls you out on it. I'm like, give a shit. Like, I'm, I'm sweating balls in this thing. Like, what, do you want me to really care what I look like? As, as long as I'm not sweating on my props or my actors. <laughs> it's just one of those things. I don't you know. Mind. Whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. By I'm the way, like I, I, I,
0: I have gotten a really positive response today. Because I wanted to make minefield shirts uh, <sighs> just in general. Um. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were, we were toying to just make them and give them to our, our guests so they wear them in the gym, that sort of thing. But then, uh, I do not want to spend that sort of money and just give things away, because uh, that mm-hmm. ex- shit's expensive. Um, but I posted, like, hey, if I if I made a minefield shirt with a logo on the front, black shirt, and then the entire roster of all the wrestlers that I've interviewed, would y'all be okay with that, or is it a bad idea to like put everyone's names together? And everyone's been like, dude, take my money. Like so um, that's
1: that's freaking cool I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: invest in it man and uh, I'm gonna get some good nice uh, high quality shirts that you know don't fade and good print and unisex fit like uh, I'm gonna do it I'm gonna but I'm gonna sell them for I'm gonna sell them expensive all the other dudes all the, all the boys sell it usually like 20 bucks maybe 10 depending on how new they are I'm gonna sell it for 30 <laughs> or 25 25 25 if you're, if you're putting individual names on them
1: you know there's that that's a big deal yeah that adds um, up but let's even if you're not you almost put a section on the back like hey i'll get this printed up and then you know i'm gonna let you know where you can send it if you want to get your name put on the back of it agreed agreed but let's talk Mm -hmm. about the absolute handstand
0: superior comic that we've read all week oh
1: yes it 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 was uh it was the stranger things free comic book day right uh, yeah yeah
0: definitely. no we're just kidding i just picked that up today uh (laughs) <laughs> no, I I want to know what a, I want to know what Eleven
1: was doing when she went shopping. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? what? I don't th- I don't think that's uh. uh yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I just picked it up today. I haven't got to read it yet.
0: No, we got to okay. So Daredevil, mm-hmm. like every Daredevil. issue gets better. The last issue was the ending of a knockdown dragout. Okay, so we think the next issue is going to be one of those like transitional issues. Yeah, it was a transitional issue, but what happened?
1: I've never been more engrossed. Never <laughs> been more engrossed.
0: Like, it was... Okay, guys, so we, we talk about writing all the time. That's that's why we do this. Uh, my point about this is that when you're watching WWE, you're watching AEW, and you're like, well, this guy needs to fight this guy because the story's going to write itself. And that's not always the case. Then, when you read... Sometimes you read a story, and I always... Uh, bring this uh, up a, a lot, actually, is when like Henry Rollins talks about listening to a new Alison Chains record and he goes, "Fuck, I'll never be this good. How did they make it look so easy?" Right, dude. H- well, how, how did it, how did they make it look so easy? And you're reading this new Daredevil and you're thinking that all of this makes sense. This this is perfect. The, the, it it wrote itself. Wrong, wrong. This is superior writing in 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 absolute forethought of how to make. Something so like when you were talking about how contiguous, uh, GI Joe was. This is this is balls deep. This is the sex. I mean, like like yeah, it makes sense. But and and you'd think it wrote it wrote itself. No no. This was this was hours of slaving. There's the, not no doubt in my mind that that figuring out like this was. They're they're just connecting bullet points of how to how to do this. And tell us uh, tell us why it was good, man. Or tell us what happened.
1: Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna run the run the credits real quick. Chip Zdarsky, writer. Mark Chicheado is the artist. Oh, dude, so good. Uh, Mattia Iacono is the color artist. Also, freaking great. Um, VCs Clayton Cowles is letterer. Um, the art is as awesome. It's the same guys. It's as awesome on the cover as it is on the interior. I didn't realize it until I was looking at the cover page. This is the beginning of a new, a new. Uh, uh, multi-part storyline. So this is the part one. This is beginning of Truth or Dare. Dude, seriously. I, I open this, and it's the aftermath. Everybody's standing around trying to get their bearings after that big fight, and it's like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm still feeling that. There's cinders in the air. There's smoke. There's just debris raining down still. And we found out that, uh, uh, Izzy, Izzy Libris, Got her own son killed to get. That. To. to I had to, to stop. Entrap, yeah, she, to she entrap s- the owl.
0: She sacrificed her own son. She knew that the owl was going to go off. How do you kill an owl?
1: You poison its food. You poison its food. You poison oh its food. God.
0: She fed
1: her own son recordings. It was all set up. Her son was useless. It was all, all set up to get recordings of the owl. Insinuating himself, so there's evidence he's going away. Honestly, I I, I, if they don't capitalize on this, oh yeah, the look on his face, like you've never seen the owl depicted better than than in this run. Uh, And at the same time, the media is all coming down on on Daredevil. Are like, are you Daredevil? He's like, yeah, I'm Daredevil. I I killed a man. I'm actually going to go away for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn myself in the kingpin is kingpin is coming off awesome because he helped get out there and beat the crap out of some bad guys he really did <laughs> <clears throat> yeah i and, mean you know he's gonna turn it i like what foggy says later he's gonna make hay off of this uh i love it uh, cole north detective cole takes Daredevil in but they get stopped in the street by foggy and foggy's like hey i got a plan are like, oh, wow, Foggy's got a plan. I love it when Foggy gets daring and proactive. And he's always, that kind always, of like, always. Yeah, anything they do that changes him from, like, the simpering side character is great stuff. So, and, and yeah. also, like, Foggy being this in- articulate and intelligent. So, this was a thing. I don't remember any preceding issue with the district attorney in it. Well, What's his name? Bob, uh, Bob uh, Hostetter or something like that? Right, um. right.
0: But before we get into him, I want to talk about Kingpin Spin Doctor. This guy is one of Oh the, Wesley, yeah. Yes,
1: he's I the lo- one from the TV series.
0: I love this character. Like he's like it's them and Wilson's listen, and they're like, Hey, yeah, good job. We're we're fucking with you. We're, we're assholes. We're gonna figure out. What oh yeah, the guys it, right? from the proceeding. Yeah, the the,
1: prece- the 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 old money, the Illuminati, uh, bad guys. The <laughs> asshole type
0: guys. Yeah, that are running everything. And he just hangs up his phone. He doesn't break it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I like that the, the shot of him having look, yeah. looking at his phone in the dark as the car cruises by, thinking, "What's my next move?" Especially, after, I think I, he's not going to let them
1: pull him down. He just no, he, he just, just went out and did something that's going to save him from all kinds of problems. He just bought political capital that will never end. The the I think after the trial, after the
0: trial, I think this needs to go into taking down those rich assholes.
1: Oh, for sure. Totally. But they're going to have to establish what their big bad problems are. Because the mere fact that we know that they're rich assholes because they're rich assholes is just like Bernie Sanders wanting to take down the 1%. Just because they're there. Just because because they've got all that money, does it mean they're awful? Just because they're written in as the bad guys, are they awful? No. We're going to have to see them sex trafficking. We're going to have to see them uh, shooting kids up on the street or something awful. They're going to have to be as... As bad as the bad guys in Rambo 5 or Rambo 4. You know, they're going to have to be terrible, terrible people. You have a bad guy, and then you always give them someone who is worse when you want your good guy to have to team up with them. So. How did you yeah, feel? I, oh, sorry. Oh, Spider-Man? Yeah, how did you feel about Spidey dropping in? Dude, it, uh, I feel like this emasculated him. It. I, I really. When, when, when. when Spidey showed up in that previous issue and was like, dude, if you put on the mask again, I'm coming after you. like This is that moment. Daredevil just went out there and fought as Daredevil. Peter, of course, noticed. But where the hell was he? Like, I really, really appreciate Matt's take on this. Where were you? This place was on fire. You fought those guys as many times as I have. Why the hell didn't you show up and save people's lives? Where were you, Peter? Unbelievable.
0: Now get the fuck out of my home before I call. Exactly, the
1: cops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you broke in. I can stop you. Yeah, uh, I, that was amazing. And at the same time, it's like, okay, well, if you do this, if you, if you prove me wrong, I'm gonna come back. And I'm like, okay, Peter. At a certain point. You can't keep throwing down the gauntlet and then picking it up and jumping out the window. I don't, it doesn't work.
0: I don't want a, a Spidey team up on this. I want Matt to redeem himself so fantastically. Um, yeah. The, the trial... No, I would,
1: I would totally accept a Spider-Man Daredevil beatdown. I would love to see Peter beget... I can't believe anybody has ever tried... Never, Nobody's ever done this, made Peter Parker Captain Righteous. He already is. But having him show up and do this to another character, another superhero,
0: and I agree. Like that's, I I, it felt wrong. It it, it felt like, like what is, like Parker? Come on, man! Like you're not, you're still a kid. You might be X amount years old, depending on what book we're reading. But this isn't you. You don't have a gauntlet to throw down. You're alone. You're in the breeze. And if I was a betting man, and I'm not. If I had to, if it came down to Daredevil versus Spidey, I'd put all my money in Daredevil, hands down.
1: <laughs> I, would, I, I think so, because despite the fact of different superpowers and stuff like that, and the the outrageous amount of experience that they've got uh, between them, something or another just says that like Peter doesn't have the conviction to take yeah. down... This this Matt this Matt Murdoch this Daredevil this this is a whole new Matt <clears throat> this is a whole new Matt and yeah. we're we're past we're
0: past the guilt that was that was yeah. I, that was one of the my favorite parts about reading this particular storyline was getting past the guilt especially yeah. when when, ty- yeah. when Typhoid yeah. Mary showed up like that Typhoid Mary was essential in 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 that aspect and in order to understand that you got to reread it um, I'm I'm sure mm-hmm. you understand but we're getting to a point where we're, we're we're, it's agreed we're trying you as a superhero we're not trying you we're not going to take your mask off um, because of the Superhuman, Superhuman Registration Act uh,
1: we're going to try you as a separate person and who are you? right, I still I'm amazed that that would ever happen there's no way that that jurisprudence would ever really take place I mean, yeah what, I, I don't know where that came from just that business of your your superheroes' uh, testimony is admissible in court? It's, it's like well, then you could get anybody to put on a Captain America mask who fits the body build. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, but even, uh, it's it's, un, it's impossible.
0: Well, well, even then, it's 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 sign of the times, and and when people want justice, if they want blood, they will make exceptions in court. When you see. A fourteen-year-old being tried as an adult because the crime was so heinous. Um, yeah, they decide to we're just going to try you as an adult, despite the fact that precedent says otherwise. Um, we're trying Daredevil, and the look on what was the guy's name? The district attorney. Which guy?
1: District oh, attorney. dude, that was. Oh, I actually cried. Like I don't know who that character is. I've never seen him before.
0: You, I don't fucking, know their worked <laughs> you exactly. fucking
1: worked for me. You fucking worked for me. For this office, it is, there is no. It, yeah, that guy has every reason to be that angry because Everyone. Daredevil faced exactly the same problem way back when his identity was compromised in the Bendis uh run. Exactly, that dude, that was so good. Everybody great, he great ever paranormal. tried to be let out. I think that's what needs to happen. Let me read. I the line. think that Daredevil. I think that every character. That Daredevil ever put away needs to have their court... Like, this needs to go as bad. That would be the gutsiest move they could do. Every character that's in prison is out now. And Daredevil has to clean them up like a, like a, like a Batman Nightfall over an entire year. Oh. All right, got to go and make sure these guys aren't doing, doing dirt. I saw you doing dirt. I'm going after you. Like, that's, that's an entire... That's, a, that's at least a year's worth of work. That's more than a year's worth of work.
0: It writes itself.
1: Yeah, that that writes itself. Nothing about this writes itself. This, well, this was, story, that was, that was why this issue—that's why it was a pun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This this issue, it just feels like this ought to be the direction that it goes. And at the same time, and, and it's still it's still funny because it's like, dude hasn't even gone home and got cleaned up. He just threw on his Daredevil costume and turned himself in. He hasn't even got, taken a nap yet. And it's yeah. like. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, there's nothing simple about this. This is complicated. This is law. This is better than any 10 episodes of Law and Order wadded up together. I, I mean, this is, let this me is read, solid stuff.
0: Let me read the line. <clears throat> District Attorney, mm-hmm. you know as well as I do, if anyone finds out, then every case I ever touched in this office will get overturned. Dozens of truly terrible people will go. Deal's a deal, you fuck. Yeah. Let's put it back on. And yeah. Matt puts his you know he, he rings in, and like, I, I imagine this guy pouring himself a drink afterwards, but it, then the the comedian in my head is like, "We built you a handicapped bathroom, you son of a bitch."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! Yeah,
0: it, and it it just uh the uh, my last closing on this is, did you notice that there was no fighting? there was no not one punch was thrown in this." In this oh, dude, dude!
1: That's the beauty of a really good comic is that because yeah, it's the tension. No, uh, you know, the district attorney sl- slapped Matt in the, across the across well, the face, but as we're not. This isn't superhero. Yeah, there, there's no there's no reason why there has to be a superhero battle in a story that's going on this good. There's the the, the, the this is still a Capes comic with the dramatic lighting. With the stances, the posing—I no, mean, knuckles
0: on the desk. Look at that! Look at look at
1: that dramatic panel. It's an upshot of yeah. Daredevil. I've you know, it. there's I've still action. Right you got you got the district attorney getting up and straightening his tie. That is an action. That is movement. Uh, we got board. Daredevil jumping off of a building and landing on a car amidst a bunch of protesters to turn himself in, and he realizes. The, pay, the protesters are all paid by Fisk, and it's there to be a distraction to him because, of course, Fisk knows Daredevil's power set. That much noise is just going to mess with him. <laughs> I love it. And then, and then flip four pages yeah, I mean. more,
0: and you see the DA's his knuckles on the desk. Look how hard yep, he hits yep. that button to, <laughs> to get, get his ass out of it. I want to look at you. It, like, the opposite is... Uh, fight club oh thank god please don't hit me again <laughs> yes yeah. but guys honestly we we've we've i think we've done every single like
1: we 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 do I, our we've best done every daredevil for two years we've done every <laughs>
0: daredevil for two years uh yeah we, we're almost going on two years Goddamn. um every single one and not because it's our fate not because it's something that like we're getting paid for it it's just that goddamn good. Like I I was never a Daredevil fan growing up. He just wasn't that. I, was, I wasn't either. Either it was I
1: got turned on to it by a buddy of mine, uh, who was like, "I love Batman, and if there's a Marvel character I like, it's Daredevil because he's basically Batman." Right. And I was like, if anybody's Batman, it's Iron Man. But I didn't even understand Iron Man back then. Even so. then. Yeah. We should do
0: Demon in a Bottle one day, man.
1: I think you're right. Uh, yeah, but I we, think you're right.
0: We, we got to wind down. It is closing time, guys. Minefields. We've been We've walked through a lot of minefields this week, man. We we're like we're going to give you a Really and truly, we're going to give you a pop-up the amount video. Of stuff version. there has been to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, dude, I've got five five interviews this week scheduled. This week is going to suck. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's, it's <laughs> going to be awesome, and by suck, I mean I'm going to be tired. <laughs> but that, that's a, yeah. that, that's okay. Uh one of those things the, one of those things just gotta get it done. We keep going. We keep pressing on, and we really, yeah. we really appreciate you, Mindfielders, always keeping up with us. Uh, the huge surge in downloads this week was like, how did that happen? Like all of a sudden, <laughs> like who noticed us? Um, we had a uh, legendary spawn uh, artist um, like our show. Wow, I'm Kurdansky, man! Like I couldn't. I, I was like, am I reading this right? <laughs> like it was late. Like he liked it? Okay, cool. I think we're doing something right. And you've got work to do. You've got a big ass meeting. You gotta put some pants on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stand up into the into the camera with my uh, with my pants off here in a second. Just uh,
0: just take off that dandruffy uh, Empire Strikes Back shirt. I know it's supposed to look like stars. Oh, whatever. But it just looks really dandruffy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it's made. No, uh,
0: we gotta go put something else on. Guys, this transmission is over.
1: Totally totally. Alright, we'll see y'all soon. Thanks very much. This is dangerous. Dude, I think that was one of, that was one of our best.
0: That was that was one of our best. Oh man. Like we covered so many different things. I'm Yeah, so proud of our work. I love you, man. Kick kick ass.